Welcome to Ryan Rants and Raves, a podcast series by the Quebec government office in New York. Bienvenue à Ryan Rants and Raves, une série de podcasts par le gouvernement du Québec à New York. Today, I'm very pleased to be with Annie Grant, who is the founder of Etoile. She's Québécoise, and she also just recently um, was a winner of the 2020 CFD, CFD Day winner. Annie, thank you again for taking the time with, to be with me. You're welcome. I'm so excited. Merci, Ryan. Awesome. C'est toujours un plaisir. And so can you just start and give me some information about who is Etoile? Well, Etoile is uh, an American uh, luxury brand. Uh, we're mainly known for our hero uh, handbag totes, which are a, an absolute perfect balance of exquisite luxury and intelligently designed. And it's actually our compass for every output that we do. Every single one of our products is really a beautiful balance of, um, uh, you know, of a fashion, luxurious, uh, upscale product that is also versatile. And so I think that's really how we've established ourselves and grown our footprint so quickly. And um, as long as I think we continue to to uh, offer fantastic products as we do, we'll keep on getting the recognition and the exposure and grow our customer base. And, you know, what you said with the product and the product is most important for, you know, any buyer and you guys have already been recognized as partners such as Tootsie's, I read Stanley Korshak, you know, that's yep, something to yep. be very proud of. Korshak was our first, is the first um, uh, retailer that gave us a chance when we first launched in 2017. But, you know, I was very proud that they gave us a chance and we launched with an event that opened at 11 a.m. and we were sold out at 1 p.m. And just, wow. I think at that moment we said, okay, well, we're in one of the best retailers in all of the country speaking to an, an audience that is highly selective and we're sold out within three hours. Maybe, you know, we have something on our hands here. Let's go. Let's go for it. You are Quebecois, but how has Quebec influenced you and I, your creative design or in, I know with a name, a 12, that's, you know, from the French, um, yes. but can you speak about upon that? You know, the way that Quebec has influenced me, I think, you know, I'm going to focus mainly on Montreal in Quebec. Montreal is extremely diverse. Uh, women have such a distinctive and elevated sense of style and, you know, Uh, I think from there, I, I did always have uh, um, huge inspiration and aspirations. And also, you know, Montreal is a hub uh, in the fashion industry. So, yeah. And, um, you know, I think that's where I really got my first taste of that intoxicating love-hate fast-paced <laughs> industry. And so I think this is all the melting. I think it was really um, in that industry. And also, you know, in Montreal, there's a lot of important global brands that have their headquarters there. Has, you know, certainly influenced me and, uh, you know, put the seeds in my ambitions for my brand as well, 100%. When, as you mentioned, you know, it, it is a large cluster of fashion. It's the third largest. And many people yeah. don't know that, you know, Aldo is, you know, is a Montreal you know, based company. Absolutely. And even if you think of international companies, like you mentioned, you know, they all, a lot of them have a presence in Montreal and a footprint in Montreal, just yeah. because they have the know-how that has been established. Yeah. 100 100 i agree and, and i do want to continue and what i want to mention is you know you also won an award with the accessories council can you yeah. share a bit bit more about that and how that process occurred well probably everybody heard me scream all the way to quebec because <laughs> i was pretty excited about that and um you know it's 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 actually 
actually a huge, a huge honor. And, and you know, the main, so, so, so accessory council, you know, is part of the CFDA, which is a huge deal in our industry and to be nominated, it's the finalists are selected by members, all the members of CFDA accessory council. I mean, these are, we're talking about the yeah. biggest in our industry. And so for me, primarily when we were, named as finalists. It was a huge win and the type of wins that as an up-and-coming brand and up-and-coming designer, it sort of fuels you because this type of win and recognition from our peers, it gives you an affirmation that, okay, we're on the right track, first part. And then winning, you know, was super exciting and also gave our brand a lot of exposure. You know, whatever, whenever we have the chance to give our name, our brand, and our product exposure. I mean, we've gotten exposure from British Vogue out of this win. You know, I've, nobody knows me in the UK, but, you know, so, so this is very, very valuable. Well, you know, felicitation encore for that. And what I must say is, as you mentioned, is it, it gives affirmation, but the, the press to it is, and that's something that you can't even put a dollar value on. That's how you get recognized by other retailers. And that's how, you know, other retailers will say, you know, this is something that is not only has the quality, but, you know, meets the design purposes so that we should take a risk on this new brand. 100%. It gives you exactly that. And credibility from, from your own industry is very important. And that type of press you can't buy so you know we're we're um, we're we're very we're very very excited for that. It, it was a really highlight of this pandemic pandemic year. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just speaking about the lovely pandemic, uh, how have you adapted? You know, since COVID, you know, just had to pivot to new strategies. We did like we all did. We were sort of lucky to still be small enough to have been so agile and really hands-on and you know we were we I mean I'm not I'm not you know saying that we didn't hurt we hurt a lot but at the same time we also took that extra time of not traveling of not to say okay let's look at ourselves let's you know reevaluate our internal processes let's reevaluate this let's you know all of the the high level uh, things that you don't always as an up-and-coming brand, you know, you don't always have the extra leisure time to look at all this. And so we just really worked on this and just maximized our time. And then lastly, I think that through that, we, we really made sure to stay connected to all of our HY team. And when I refer to HY team, I don't strictly refer to our employees and our contractors. I refer to our vendors. You know, we're close to our vendors. I refer to our clients. We communicated with our clients. Everyone that is part of our universe is, you know, on our mind at all times. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy that you mentioned that, you know, even like your retail partners are a part of your ITWAL family, you know, of those course. who purchase you because, you know, they're an extension of your voice, you know, how they place it 100%. in the store. 100%, yes. It, you know, how it's placed online, if they have it online. So it's great that you keep that communication open because that is, is a partnership in long term. It's, it's a partnership. I completely agree. And the way that, that I sort of look at my business, you know, when I look at all my, my pillars or my revenue streams, you know, we have the wholesale channel, we have our e-com uh, channel, we have our brick and mortar channel. But, but the way, so these are sort of pillars because, I think there's only one channel and it's our 
customer channel. And the experience has to be the same and seamless, whether they, they see us at Saks Fifth Avenue or at Etoile North Park Center. And the product is always, you know, uh, part, the main part of the experience, but nonetheless, and, and I really, you know, I think that our wholesale partners are partners. They're not clients to just, you know, ship customers, uh, ship product and, you know, hope for the best. We're part of this. We, you know, they, they are, are, they represent our brand. They are a canvas for our product. And, uh, we view ourselves as their partners. The same thing with our factories and our, you know, all of our vendors. We have to be the best vendor if we want the best service from them, the best product. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's all the same universe. And that's just the way we look at things. It's all intertwined. Um, Correct. As you mentioned, the storytelling is so important because then the customer knows your DNA and who you are at every level. Right. And the messaging, like you said, is, is the same and intertwined wherever you see at 12. So this Correct. leads me to... And it's highly challenging, by the way. Very challenging. Yeah, it's not easy to do. Correct. Uh, face-to-face is just like so natural and... Uh, um, you know, you, you connect and, and it's just, you know, whether it's our staff or myself, when I do events or when I, when I drop into one of our stores, I just always love, love, love to connect with our customers. But this is, this is really what we have to crack. This is really our challenge at hand is to crack that code for them to be able to feel and connect to our story when they're on e-com or when they're, you know, somewhere else. And so, you know, yes. And and if the message isn't the same as you meant, as you mentioned, then that's where you might encounter some problems because they're like, well, that's not the toile who I fell in love with. That's something else. Correct. Correct. I so agree. And, and and I'm so attentive to that now when I, you know, when I buy from other brands, I'm always, you know, and like doing a survey on everything that they did. And, and, and sometimes I'm just blown away. And sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, we do this. And I didn't like this. We have to change this immediately. And, you know, so, we're learning every day, I guess. And that's part of that going back to that intoxicating, crazy, fast paced <laughs> business. That's all part of it. And what have you, what, what lessons have you learned you know, as being an emerging designer? Cause it's so crazy and fast paced. And I know you mentioned some, you know, some good pieces of advice earlier, but what are some other things you've learned? You know, I'll tell you something. First of all, you know, I, I was on another uh, podcast a couple of months ago and he the, 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 the interviewer asked me, what is it that surprised you the most now that you're, you know, a couple of years yeah. in? And I said to him, I can't believe I didn't know everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, because when I look at my career and I've had, you know, over 20 years in the fashion industry, I've been in sales, I've been in product development, I've been, you know, in management and everything to really, I really intentionally in all of my experiences wanted to learn about all of the different, you know, different aspects of the fashion industry so I could eventually be where I am today. And when I launched, I felt pretty prepared, but there's there's a lot to learn every single day. And by the way, it would be very boring if I knew everything. Yeah. I'm really glad that I'm always learning. But I'll tell you, there are three things that continue to be very true. Some of them I knew and, I, and, and I'm just reaffirmed. Some of them, you know, but number one, I really believe that product is king, product is king, and product is king. You can have amazing marketing, you can have amazing, the most perfect cash flow chart, and you can have the most amazing, but if your product is not king, 
you, you cannot, in my opinion, last for a long time. Number two, cash flow is king as well. <laughs> and so, you know, there, there's, there's, that's also something that's been a really constant, especially as an upcoming designer, what happens is when you're fortunate, we've been fortunate to really, you know, double our sales every single season and just really grow vertical. Like, you know, it's, it's been a very fast growth. Yeah. And so, you know, we've had to be really conscientious about managing our cash flow properly. And so that has been a huge learning curve. And, and the one, the last thing that I'm going to say that, that is, is the thing that I continue to learn all the time is, culture. Culture is also king. There are three kings that I think are important, products, cash flow, and culture. And culture is the one thing that I'm learning the most now. You know, we have um, really advanced a lot in the past year with Etoile in terms of having a great observable culture within our stores, within our company, in terms of how we treat each other, how we, uh, you know, our our culture is about the gold star standard and that's sort of our compass always the compass that we use when we create products does it meet our gold star standard yeah. when we treat our team when we treat each other the way we treat each other or the way we behave with each other are we making sure the other one is shining the brightest is this one shining am i showing up today to shine the brightest are we the best we can be it's always you know in terms of etoile and what it means that's what it means etoile means very positivity stars positive a star shines bright and so that's sort of how we present ourselves our product and uh how we want to behave as a brand uh and as a company when you're in your culture it just speaks to the storytelling that you have you know being that yes. bright star in every Correct. facet you know of the company yes. um no, you know to to, to close, what I always like to ask my guests is, you know, if yes. they have any advice to the community. Um, so is there anything you'd like to say in general to the fashion community? You know, for me, Ryan, honestly, and I don't think it's just for the fashion, but the one advice, you know, that, that was given to me very early on in, in my career, my first fashion career I was um, on Chabanel. And I remember my boss at the time, she's still a mentor to me. She said she would force me to read Women's Wear Daily. And I'm so old that at the time we would receive it once a week, the paper by paper, you know. <laughs> and so I've always, since the beginning of my career, always made sure to stay really informed and connected into my industry. And sometimes, you know, especially when you're an entrepreneur, you know, you're doing everything, your, your time is really not. Spendable. I always, always make sure every single morning before I start my day that I read all of my papers, my, my, you know, my trade papers. I know everything that's happening. You know, I make sure that every week I connect with people in my industry. I just, I think that the best advice that has worked for me, and I'm glad that someone passed it on to me so early, is to always remain very informed. And you know, you you get good ideas. You always look pretty intelligent in a conversation <laughs> and so that's that's my my humble advice i i agree with that advice 100 percent. i read right? business of fashion and wwd yes. every single morning wwd yes. you know i think last year they changed their app because before their their app and online reading wasn't optimal but much better it, now if it's much better now with the content in there is 
you know, is invaluable. And for yeah. my purpose that if I see someone that's there and I don't know them, I reach out to them and by the you know, way, Brian, a- we were last November, last year, a year ago, Etoile was featured in Women's Wear Daily. We had a I, I saw, which is which is great. I mean, yes. I, I've never been so thrilled in my life. I mean, okay, the birth of my children, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's very exciting. And the other thing in business of fashion, when you have a chance, I just love their case studies. They do case studies, I think once or twice a month that are really interesting and super relevant and informative and and. And I just love to do that. And another thing that I do regularly, by the way, <laughs> to give you all my secrets, I do love to to, to read the um, the uh, the reports, the Wall Street reports that public companies get uh, uh, quarterly yes. reports. You know, I love to read that. There's so much information, you know, above and beyond their numbers. They, there's a lot of information that they give to their investors that is pure gold. So when you have extra time, maybe you know. It, 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 carve yourself an hour at night and go through uh, um, uh, um, an earnings report from, you know, some of the public companies in our industry. And there's a lot to learn in there. I agree with you. And even if for a brand who might be hesitant to ship, you know, a certain REIT public company, because it might be like, oh, you know, I'm not factored, you know, are they paying their bills yeah. on time? Yeah. You know, they could, they could read that public report and see how they're actually financially. Um, yes, that's very, very true. That's actually very true. But so. on, on that, you know, I, j'aimerais te remercier pour ton temps. C'était uh, vraiment un plaisir merci, pour me. Merci um, and we'll, we'll have another conversation in due time. <laughs> yes, can't wait. It was a pleasure to, uh, to speak with you. Merci beaucoup, beaucoup. Merci d'avoir écouté Ryan's Rants and Raves. Suivez-nous sur Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. Thank you for listening to Ryan's Rants and Raves. Follow us on Instagram at Ryan's Ransom Raves. A très bientôt.